Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Caproom. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm your host of this weekly Wednesday show on behind from Behind the Steel Curtain. That's BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But I'm talking to you on the audio side. Um, some of you are familiar with me from as a co-host of Steelers Touchdown Under, which was on the audio side. Now is a live YouTube show that comes um, across about 5 p.m. Um, on the East Coast of America each Saturday. Again, we do that live in the future on our Sunday morning here down under. Um, but yeah, great to be joining you to talk all things cap room as we enter you know, our sort of fourth show um, in this offseason. Last week, I focused in on the offense and what the Pittsburgh Steelers can do around the offensive side of the football, given when it comes to the salary cap, particularly around the Steelers being over the salary cap. Now, we with the Super Bowl just sort of wrapping up in the last couple of days, which means the season's sort of wrapping up um, now as we move ahead into the offseason for every team in the NFL. I actually anticipated there'd be a bit more news to share with you going into today's podcast. Uh, and perhaps some dominoes will fall um, overnight for me. And, you know, there might be a couple of outdated things. So important to put that timestamp there. But I thought I'd just recap where we're sort of sitting because the Steelers, depending on some of the numbers, are upwards of $20 million over the salary cap at this point in time. And 
with that, with that 20 or so million dollars, there's some massive decisions to be made, particularly when you're going to be signing a rookie class. Um, you know, you know, so you'll be trading all your, all your draft picks away, particularly when the Steelers have got to get younger at a number of different positions. So one of the numbers that we've talked around a lot, um, both from behind the steel curtain, you might've seen it, um, you know, wider NFL discussions and what have you. And I've certainly covered is the fact that the salary cap will be lower thanks to COVID. So um, that's no surprise to anyone. There is a strong feeling now that that will be very much around the $180 million mark. So that being the case, the Steelers, as I mentioned in a, in a couple of weeks ago on, a, on the podcast, have actually got about $5 million. Um, I think it's 4.9 to be exact, but about $5 million in rollover from last year. So that's unspent cap that they're allowed to move into this year's number. And this is one of those numbers where I sort of shared two weeks ago around the salary cap being a bit more fluid than than um, what would you typically expect from a hard cap sort of league. Equally, we know that Vance McDonald has retired and there's another $5 million saving there. So if the Steelers suddenly have, in some terms, $15 million more of cap room than what they originally had, purely because that $175 million mark is very expected to go around that $180 million mark. Look, it may not, but according to lots of different league sources, including Adam Schefter, this is what's um, being slated at the moment. And as we say, then there's $5 million from Vance McDonald and the Steelers get that $5 million rollover. So think of the Steelers having $185 million cap room so far um, based on the numbers. And then obviously with Vance McDonald going, the amount we're over the cap reduces by um, $5.2 million as well. So there we create a bit of cap room. All that sounds really, really great, except the Pittsburgh Steelers are still over the cap. And in terms of spending in 2021, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be the fifth most expensive defense in the league. So, and you know, to the tune of $99.953 million, so effectively $100 million dollars. But Steelers are also spending $107 million on offense. That puts us in the $206 million mark. Now, I said that includes Vance's number at the moment. Equally, we know Ben Roethlisberger. We know it's been discussed that, that's, that um, particularly over the weekend, there was uh, news that Ben Roethlisberger's contract would now be definitely be discussed after the Super Bowl. We heard Art Rooney make similar statements during his end-of-season sort of press conference that he does um, around that. So... Let's kick off looking at what 2021 moves could be made by the Steelers to get under the cap. Um, And to do that, I think we've got to look back at a few different key stats because really and truly, you know, this was a defense that did terrifically well, you know, in the last couple of years, but particularly last year, you know, there was the, from an intercept, from a sacks perspective, we led the league again with 56 sacks. You know, there was um, 18 interceptions there. You know, the, the QB hits, that was an incredible number of 137 QB hits. You know, there were 103 tackles for a loss. Um, you know, 
that it was it was incredible to see that from the Steelers. We had, you know, two players get more than more than 10 sacks in TJ Watt, who led the league with 15 in 15 games, um, regular season games. You had 11 with Stefan to it, eight with Bud Dupree, who only played 11 games. Um, you know, so there was, and, and you know, for two, that was a career year. So when we look at that defense, the money that was spent, one would argue it's pretty well spent when it comes to the defensive side of the football. Equally, you know, I think when we look at the, the the secondary, whilst they didn't necessarily show up in that wild card game that that knocked the Steelers out, you know, we were we missed Joe Hayden when he was out. Stephen Nelson had a had a solid season where he continued that sort of shutdown performance there. You know, from a pass defense perspective, Joe Hayden led the team in 14 games with 12, followed by Minka with 11 in 16 games. Stephen Nelson with nine pass defenses in 15 games eight for Terrell Edmonds, eight for Cameron Sutton, seven for Mike Hilton, seven for TJ Watt, even five for Tyson Alawalu. So really where we were able to break up the pass effectively when we weren't hitting the quarterback, we weren't sacking the quarterback. Um, so really, inter- really interesting from that perspective on what you do with this defense. So looking at it from that perspective, it's important to sort of, think about the where the rest of the league sort of spending, but also where did the Steelers sort of with that? I talked about that 2020 performance, but how did that stack up? Well, in 2020, the Steelers were the, se- the seventh most ex- expensive defense in the league. So that, that followed behind the Broncos, the Bills, the Ravens, the Bears, the Dolphins, and the Chiefs. Now, when we look at that, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Chiefs all went deep into the playoffs. Equally, they're on the in the AFC. And in fact, you know, obviously we know the Ravens are our counterpart in the AFC North. But what it tells you is that defense is critical when it comes to being a, you know, and, and not just, an, I mean, this number shows you an expensive defense, but we know from what Tampa Bay did over the weekend in the Super Bowl, defense you need defense to win championships. You still need offense, as I talked about in Touchdown Under last week, to be able to score points. But And, and we talked about in cap room too um, in last week when we focused on the offense. But it's still very critical that you actually have players that can stack up. And, on, and you know, the reality is you do need to pay for top quality edge rush. You got to top pay for top quality, you know, cornerbacks and even, um, you know, interior defensive linemen, the top tier guys, are, you know, are demanding a lot of money at the moment. So in 2020, the Steelers had the second most expensive interior defensive line. And we, when we look at those sorts of players that they had in there and, you know, Tyson Alawalu and, you know, Cameron Haywood and what have you, um, from an edge perspective, they're a bit more mid-range, you know, spending the spending about 20, um, 20 million or so for, the, for those edge rushes. And when it came to the linebacking core, the Steelers, again, were about mid-tier in the league with $14 million spend along with Washington. Um, the Chargers only spent about 15. The Saints were in there at 14 as well. Panthers, you know, close behind in, in at 13. So the Steelers, that probably makes sense, I think, when you think about Devin Bush, um, first round draft pick, second year in the league. You think about Vince Vinovici. Um, you know, that's probably not a surprise to most Steelers fans. At safety, we were sort of in the early 20s for that, um, or mid-20s for that, where we spent um, about $7 million. And you think about Minka and Terrell Edmonds, and then you've obviously got Jordan Dangerfield in there um, and what have you. So 
again, that's probably no massive surprise. Um, and then from a cornerback perspective in 2020, you know, the Steelers were right up there. In fact, they were in the top 10. They were eighth in the league with $22 million being sent. If you think about the value though, at that $22 million, when you've got players like Steven Nelson, you've got Joe Hayden, you've got a really good, and he will be an attractive um, proposition for a lot of teams in Cam Sutton. And you have Mike Hilton who's coming off contract. That twenty twenty, that twenty two point four nine million, so twenty two and a half, was a really effective number that was spent in twenty twenty, and and led to all those stats, stats and success that we talked about. Unfortunately, not playoff success. Now, as I said, this year the Seals will be spending ninety nine million dollars on defense. In twenty twenty, they spent ninety six million as an outlaid there, and in twenty nineteen, eighty two million. I'm not going to go back further than that because I think as we know, the salary cap's obviously gone up exponentially year on year and equally the defense has got more expensive as guys like Cameron Haywood have, have signed the deeper deals. You know, you've brought in guys like Joe Hayden, you've Stefan Tuitt had that big deal that he obviously signed a few years ago. So, you know, the going back further than that, these numbers are going to start reducing. And when I looked at those, they were scaling back almost, you know, five to 10 million each time we sort of looked back. But let's look forward to 2021 because that's really essentially what we're talking about in, in these cap room shows as we head in, as we navigate through this offseason. So in 2021, the Steelers will have the fourth most expensive expenditure on the interior defensive line with $33 million. That's behind the Rams at $48 million. Obviously, Aaron Donald's um, Defensive Player of the Year. We won't go there today, but, um, you know, obviously necessarily but obviously there's a 20 plus million there for his contract the eagles at 47 million they've got fletcher cox great interior defensive lineman um and you've also got javon hargrave with them the ravens they're sitting there at 36 million at the moment for 2021 in terms of their interior defensive line as well so no surprise there in fact the Steelers are followed though by the bills and the bengals so again you've sort of seen those those bigger defenses. Um, I mean, not necessarily the Bengals are the best defense, but you certainly can see some of the top players um, in terms of the top players in terms of teams for their interior defensive line. On the edge, the Steelers go all the way down to 23rd um, in terms of expenditure with $11 million currently slated for the, for the edge. Now, that's pretty interesting. So when we talk about an, when over the cap talks about an edge player, you're talking about, um, outside linebackers when you look at the Steelers formation as well. So with Bud Dupree coming off, obviously that knocks quite a hefty amount off that and for sort of $15 million or so, I think it was 15.6 was his franchise tag number. Um, obviously you've got Alex Highsmith in there. You've got TJ Watts deal in there. Um, you know, and in, and in 2021, TJ is going to make about $10 million. So, um, and then you've got some, guys on much cheaper lower than one million dollar contracts from or roughly around one million dollar contracts from there so no surprise to see that edge fall um and that could be a real bonus for the steals particularly if they could pick someone up in the second or third round to sort of complement that room at the linebacker position though so we're talking more inside linebackers there so you know your devon bushes your vince williams and what have you the Steelers are sort of sitting at 15th at the moment um, with $13.8 million being spent. That's behind the bills. Um, and if you think at who are spending $14.9 million, if you think about the bills, 
you know, they've got Tremaine Edmonds, who's done terrific for them, Terrell Edmonds' brother. They've also got Matt Milano, and they've got a few other key players there. So that's a really well-spent, you know, um, inside linebacking room. The most expensive is the Vikings up there, which is probably no surprise with a couple of their key players as well, followed by the Jaguars, the Saints, the Raiders, the Seahawks, um, and then you go down the list all the way to the Steelers. At the safety position, the Pittsburgh Steelers are currently sitting all the way down in 23rd, um, which is pretty interesting when you consider you've obviously got Terrell Edmonds um, and Mink Fitzpatrick on their rookie deals. The Steelers are spending about $7.5 million there, $7,566,000. The Ravens are slightly ahead, and Jaguars are behind us there, the Browns as well. So, um, but... More to say that the safety position there, you're sort of seeing this spread with different, you know, younger sort of players in different teams. Um, you know, and the Browns, you know, are sort of sitting there in the early sevens too. And they've drafted well into that position with Grant, guys like Grant Delpit over the last few years. Our cornerback, the Steelers are currently sitting at third behind the Dolphins and the Ravens. Now we know with the Ravens, guys like Marlon Humphrey in there, um, you know, he, he creates a headache for the Steelers. We know that. Guys like Marcus Peters for them too. The Dolphins are spending $34 million on guys like Xavier Howard, um, Byron Jones. Um, they've got a few other guys too. So, um, and they're, in fact, the Dolphins are spending only $300,000 um, less than the Steelers on defense. But then you have the Steelers in there at $33 million. And that's really interesting when we think about guys like Joe Hayden, Stephen Nelson, Cameron, um, well, Cameron Sutton's off contract, but Mike Hilton. So there's that's a massive cap number for the Steelers to have to deal with. And when we look at the quote, like if you compare a Joe Hayden and a Stephen Nelson versus an Xavier Howard and a Byron Jones or Marcus Peters and a Marlon Humphrey, those Steelers guys, like Joe Hayden's great and he does awesome when he can pounce on the ball. And Stephen Nelson, I think, is going from strength to strength and is in quite an unsung hero of the defense often. Um, but Again, that's it's very interesting to look at what value you're getting with big names with that level of expenditure. So with that, we're going to take a break. And when, when we come back after the break, we'll be looking at what are the Steelers' options when it comes to defense? What are they going to be able to do to create cap room? Where's the value? What decisions can be made? Because right now they're over the cap. And right now it's the it's the defense. It's the defense. It's a big question about where you're going to find the cap room and who you can potentially bring in with some of that cap room given the list of names of guys that are often we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back on Cap Room, the latest addition to the BTSC family of podcasts. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm your host of this weekly Wednesday show. 
So look, before the break, we sort of finished up with what the Steelers were sort of spending positionally at, at all the different defensive positions as ranked by over the cap. So that was interior defensive line, edge, linebackers, safeties, and cornerbacks for your total defensive number. As we shared, the Steelers are set to be the fifth most expensive defense in 2021. So what can they do to create cap room? That's the golden question. Now, when we look at the free agents this year, you're looking at Bud Dupree. You're looking at Avery Williamson. So that's two key guys in that linebacking core or that edge and linebacking, if you want to classify it that way. Mike Hilton, Tyson Alualu. I mean, these names continue to get bigger. Then you go down to like a Jay Ron Elliott and a Cassius Marsh. Those guys don't really hurt you if they don't come back. Interesting depth. Chris Wormley, I think he had a strong finish to the season. If the Steelers can find a cut price deal for him, I know he's got a young family, so he might want to stay in Pittsburgh since he made the move from um, – from the Ravens in the last year's offseason. Great to see if we could bring him back. You've got Sean Davis. Steelers won't be bringing him back. Jordan Dangerfield, again, I know he was a special teams captain there, but can we afford his cap number? You've got Cameron Sutton, who I argued a couple of shows ago, is sort of a number that we could sort of re-sign him for. I do think he might offer us a bit more versatility in coverage. Um, and when we talk about the difference in contract, he'll be looking for versus Mike Hilton. He may well be the option the Steelers go with, whether you like it or not. And even from a cost perspective, not if we, even if we don't talk about that um, coverage capability that he has. From there, you've got Marcus Allen, who's an exclusive rights free agent. I wouldn't mind them slapping on a, the whatever the pick tender is for him and seeing if he gets picked up by someone else. I don't necessarily think he's the future inside linebacker or even inside linebacker depth for the Steelers. I'd rather see us, you know, be able to draft someone else, to be honest. Um, you've obviously got a Denny a as well. He's a restricted free agent. What can they do with him? He's probably not the answer for us. The outside linebackers, you're going to sign TJ Watt up, you know, for, for his career, hopefully, um, you know, or close to over the next couple of years. Alex Highsmith's doing well. You know, we need top-tier guys to challenge those guys or to spell them. is not the bloke. Um, and then you've got Robert Sp- Spillane as well, an exclusive rights free agent. They do need to do what they can to keep him. He's core to that inside linebacking. And particularly when we go through one of the options the Steelers have to create cap room. So keeping him will be really important. And can we spread that cost over multiple years? So looking at the Steelers' salary cap, it doesn't give you a lot of joy. Um, and it's funny. I think what we're, who we're able to re-sign out of those free agents actually lies predominantly in what they do with Ben Roethlisberger, who's on the offensive side of the football. Ben Ben would know that he needs a solid defense. He probably came, apart from coming back from the guy, for the guys like Maurice Pouncey, you know, David DeCastro and, and Big Al, he came, he came back knowing that he had a defense that could get him to a championship, something that was lacking, you know, before 2019. But his cap number in the $19 million hit for this season outside of the 22.5 pro rider bonus that he's, um, $22.25 million pro rider bonus he's owed, that $19 million is going to be core, particularly given the low cap numbers for next year, which I outlined last week. That's going to be really core to what we're going to be able to do from the defensive side of the football. When you talk about players, though, that have a cap hit over $2 million in 2020, 2021, the defensive guys are Joe Hayden, Stefan Tuitt, and this is in order of expenditure, Cameron Haywood, 
Stephen Nelson, TJ Watt, Vince Williams, Devin Bush, Terrell Edmonds, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, when we look at cuts and restructures, it's very much about if you're going to cut them, do you, a, are you going to have to spend a really important draft pick on them? And we know the Steelers need to spend draft picks on the offense, whether it's at the offensive line, go after your, create your next great QB. You know, they're probably going to spend a sec, maybe even a third on a wide receiver. We need a running back. You know, you can't afford to waste those picks necessarily. So, you know, or equally, there's going to be decisions to be made around, you know, um, fifth-year contract options for, for the guys like Terrell Edmonds. But you're probably not going to cut Terrell and Minka. Not when Terrell's cap number is $3.4 million and he really had a great year in 2020 and improved. And Mink, and it'd be great to see what he can do with another one. And then Minka, you know, $2.7 million. You're not cutting him, particularly as an all-pro. You know, that's great value there. And we I like to talk about value in these podcasts. Devin Bush, you're not going to cut him. He was severely missed last year. You know, he was drafted a couple spots behind Devin White, who played terrifically in the Super Bowl over the weekend. They were the top two prospects. They could be the two best inside linebackers in the league for a long time to come. Um, You know, you're not cutting him. But Vince Williams. Vince Williams has a cap number of $7 million this year with a $4 million cap saving. And with the with the sort of role that he plays in this defense, can the Steelers afford four million dollars? Could he be a cut um, that you know that we that we cut and we bring him back on the cheap? You know, can we trade him? I mean, trading we still cop the the hit, but we get the cap saving. I I don't know whether teams other teams are wanting to pay seven million, but they're particularly for just a run stopping inside linebacker, but. There's a lot of weakness in the inside linebacking cores in a lot of teams in the NFL. For me, I did mention a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to stick to my word there. I would be cutting Vince and working out what you can do elsewhere, elsewhere with him. Um, you know, to fill that need. Particularly, Robert Spillane's more important to keep at this point. You could go get a thumping, you know, um, player from in the draft, whether it's an inside linebacker, can you convert a run stopping safety that's got the size of an inside linebacker? That could be an option for the Steelers as well, potentially. Um, so yeah, I think there's some options that, w- that they could play around with there. Equally, as you go up the list, Steven Nelson, you know, he's a bit younger than Joe Hayden, you know, so Steven Nelson's cap number for 2021 is 14.42 million. Versus Joe Hayden's, which is 15.575. Joe Hayden offers, offers a cap saving of 7 million, while Stephen Nelson offers a cap million, cap saving of 8.25 million. Now, with that, you go, well, hang on, on the face of it, cutting Stephen Nelson's better. You got more cap room. But what I think can happen with Stephen, Ste- uh, sorry, I should say, what I think can happen with Stephen Nelson, <laughs> not Stefan to it, but like Stefan to it, is a restructure. And a restructure would significantly help the Steelers' defensive spend this season. And I think it's something you may well see, given that, um, you know, where he's sitting over the next couple of years. Because, you know, that's a huge number that we can sort of save this year. And and we probably want to keep him if we are losing Joe Hayden. Equally, the cap number for Stefan Tuitt, um, you know, in 2021 is just to tick under 15 million. I talked about a restructure two weeks ago on what we could do with him for the Steelers to be able to create 
room to sign guys like Spillane, to sign like guys like Sutton, he's a he restructuring his contract is a must. Because even if you were to cut him, and you wouldn't after his career year, and I personally want to see him in a Steelers jersey for his career, you know, you're only going to save about five point six five million. Joe Hayden does loom large as the largest cut um, for this season. Equally, I think there are some hungry teams in the NFL for a cornerback. Could you trade him and get that cap saving and get something in the draft? You know, there are some teams that would be win now that need cornerbacks. Um, And in fact, I've got news for everyone out there. I'm seeing a lot of rumors when I was doing some research ahead of today's show. Cleveland Browns are pretty interested in what they might be able to do with Mike Hilton, which would be really upsetting that, you know, right now the Steelers just don't have the numbers to you know, in terms of cap room to be able to re-sign Mike Hilton. Again, who knows what these restructures could do. But that gives you a feel for sort of those more expensive players, you know, in terms of the Steelers' defense and what they can do. So as a, just to recap there, Joe Hayden, do we trade? Do we cut? You probably don't want to – I think we're kicking the can down the road if we restructure. Stefan Tewitt and Steven Nelson are right for a restructure. TJ Watt – his spend this year is $10 million. You don't really want to do any of that in, in terms of you, if you restructure him, you know, um, sorry, you re-sign him on his long-term deal. These cap numbers only go up unless you do a lot of guarantees and pro-rider bonuses. I think they'll leave that for next year when they know roughly what Ben's doing and they know a few of the other key players that are retiring or not retiring. But who knows? I mean, we can come back to you live next week. I'd come back to you recording next week and the you know, Big Al, Maurice Pouncey's retired. You know, they've done an extension with someone else. They've traded to Castro. I mean, who knows? But right now on paper, to it for a restructure, Nelson for a restructure, Hayden probably needs to be cut as sad as it is and as, as much as it would affect this Steelers um, defense and how they get interceptions because we saw how s- severely he was missed in the latter stages of the season. Putting that aside, I thought it might be interesting to look at what other big name players, big name players um, uh, are off, you know, and available in free agency, you know, in this, in this off season. So by doing so, obviously we know Bud Dupree is up there as one of the big, you know, top name free agents this off season, but Bud's got some injury concerns. I mean, we know he did his, he did his knee and um, you know, there was a rumor that he'd signed for 6 million. I don't think so. He might see his number a bit less than that 15 million equally. It could be much higher with what he's been able to do over the last few years, but a player like Shaquille Barrett, who's only a year older, he's available for, they had the same franchise tag number, but he's also available. So is Melvin Ingram. who's a bit older too. So, it's going to be interesting to see what the market is for Bud. I don't think the Steelers are in the mix for any of those guys, but it just sort of be interesting to sort of look at what their number is. Equally, guys like Matt Judon, Leonard Williams, um, so Ravens and Giants there, you know, they're available in the $16 million. That's the top end of town. So we're probably not going to be sitting there with the cat room issues that we've got at the moment. But when you go down deeper into the deeper into the free agency, Tyson Aluwalu, at $2.8 million, that was his average per year contract number going into this you know, free agency period. Can we bring back Aluwalu? That would shore up a defensive line and create some stability in a year where the Steelers are going to f- face a bit of flux. Can Tyson teach the trade to a you know um, fifth round instead of a sixth or seventh drafted you know, interior defensive lineman? 
you know, I think there's an opportunity to potentially bring back, you know, Tyson Alualu this off season. Equally, as I go down, as I go down and have a look, there's some other value that could be potentially gotten, you know, um, William Jackson, the third's coming in. Now he's going to probably sign a really decent contract if the Bengals don't re-sign him anyway with someone else. So his average, you know, he's low down this list because his average is only 2.4 million, but you know, there, there are players, you know, in this cornerback position. I mean, you've got Darren Conley there. He's only 2.6 million. Could he sort of look to fill a role you know, Ronald Darby, you know, a, an older player that's floated around a bit, you know, he ended up in Washington this season after being with the Eagles, you know, he's only 27. Does he offer you something, you know, Derek Wolf and, you know, he, he's going to probably cost upwards of three or 4 million. So, you know, as a replacement for Vince probably doesn't stack up. So you probably will see the Steelers use the draft to um, support their linebacking core, particularly if they are going to cut Vinny Vitovici. From a safety perspective, you know, there are some players that are, are potential, you know, options there. Will Parks is coming out. Um, you know, I think Marcus May definitely won't be an option. He's down this list, but only purely because he's he's playing off that original contract he signed with the Jets. So they're probably not necessarily the right the right guys. But, you know, um, Sejeho, I think I pronounced his name wrong, so if you give me there, but you know he's off contract as well with the Browns. Um, he could offer something. I know Keanu Neal is coming off contract with the Falcons. He should sign a mammoth deal, so that's unfortunate. So when we're looking at it, there's lots of guys um, that necessarily are available there, but the, the question will come down to the Steelers' cap room and and what cap room we've got. Um, you know because there are lots of different players off contract that are great, but the Steelers don't necessarily have an ability to bring them in. I think Jalen Mills is a smoky from the from the Eagles. Um, you know, I think he's a smoky if you like um, for potential pickup by the Steelers. He offers a bit at safety and he offers a bit at cornerback. Um, he might be an interesting one that if you can get on the cheap and integrate. So. Again, it's just some really interesting numbers into what you can do. And when you look at the older players as well, you know, Thomas Davis, you know, he's going to be 38. You probably don't want to integrate him into the lineup, but is he a cheap guy that offers you some support in that in that linebacking room? You know, there's guys like Steve McClendon that just won with the Buccaneers, an ex-stealer. You know, if, if Tyson doesn't come back, do you bring him back for a, a final season swan song? Probably most people are going no, but if it fills a need and you're not going to bring back a Chris Wormley, it could well be an option. It could well be an option. So we've talked a lot this podcast about what the defense can do and the impact. And as, as always, I like to give a bit of a value in terms of what the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, who's, who's value around the league or who's value, um, you know, for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of their contract spend. But this week I thought we'd go back to over the caps valuation numbers. So as, as we said there, um, with over the caps valuation, they look at essentially the the PFF numbers against the average per year contract number. So I'm looking at over the caps valuation. I found a couple of players from the 2020 season that really delivered overall value that actually not necessarily completely out of the realms of possibility for the Pittsburgh Steelers to 
to potentially go after. The current and first player that I wanted to look at was Alexander Johnston. Now, his current average pay per year on his deal is currently sitting at 615000 Now, he delivered value over his average pay per year of, according to the PFF grades and executions of all contracts of $10.7 million. So he did that over 10, he delivered $10.739 million worth of value for his position. So if you were to pay him for his statistics based on everyone else in the league, that's, that's what, that's what he would be worth. Now he's a free agent in this off season. Now, is he an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the inside linebacker room? That's a great question. But you know what? I've actually got a second player that could be a, a great asset for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that would be Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants. Now, he's a 3-4 defensive tackle, so he's definitely helpful. And he could, you know, he's here replacement for Tyson Alualu. Now, his average year per, per um, average pay per year is $1.43 million, And he delivered... $7.69 million, $7.69 million over at seven over his pay packet. He is a free agent this offseason. So I talked about Tyson Alawalu, but if you had two or three million, do you bring in someone like a Dalvin Thompson? He's 27, you know, versus Alex Johnson, he's 30, Alexander Johnson, he's 30 as a linebacker. But do you bring in Alvin Johnson at 27? You know, he's Alabama. Drafted in round two, 55th overall, 310 pounds, six foot three. That's nice size for, you know, a defensive tackle. He might elevate that defense and help you run. And does that allow you to get more mobile in the inside linebacking core? That's a great question. And you know what? I think he's someone that might be clearly snapped up, but he's the sort of player that could elevate, elevate this defense. So with that, that caps off. Steelers cap room for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you know, if you've got a question for me or you've got a focus you want me to add into a, to a show, whether it's Steelers cap room or Steelers touchdown under, feel free to email me at aussiesteeler91 at gmail.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.